Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others on how they're handling their own lives. This week, I'm chatting with Kyle Rawson, co-founder and CEO of Mang, a high-performance apparel and gear company that's working to plant mangroves in order to restore our global ecosystem. Kyle and his twin brother Keith created Mang in 2015 by launching the site and their first mangrove restoration project in North Palm Beach, Florida. Since then, the company expanded tremendously with their Buy One, Plant One initiative that plants a mangrove for every purchase made. Mang began planting internationally in 2018 and has since planted over 160,000 mangroves. Keith and Kyle have also created an education aspect of Mang, partnering with local schools and community groups to instill an understanding of mangroves and their impact on the environment. I'm really excited for you all to hear from Kyle and learn about all of the incredible work him and Keith are doing at Mang. So with that said, get comfortable, turn up the volume, and I hope you all enjoy. All right. Well, today we're joined by CEO and co-founder of Mang. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I came across Mang. You know, I had been telling you I had heard about, you know, a bunch of different problems occurring in Florida. You know, the rising sea levels um, in Miami and there's a lot going on. And I think it's really important to focus on what we as people can be doing for our environment, our community. So I came across Ming, and you guys have a really interesting story. So if you want to start off by just talking about what is Ming, what is the company? Yeah, sure. Um, it's kind of a broad question. Uh, <laughs> we, kind of do, we do a lot. So um, Ming, Ming at, its, at its essence is an apparel brand, um, and it's a socially conscious or social entrepreneurism, we could call it. Um, it's an apparel brand with a cause, um, and we are a for-profit company um, that operates with a green mission, and that mission is to plant mangroves. So uh, we started our Buy One, Plant One mission uh, back in 2015, restoring coastal ecosystems right here in our backyard in Florida. Um, being a Florida native, uh, mangroves are always kind of close to to um, my heart, and I've always loved fishing in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, so... As I drew through college and looked at different opportunities, um, um, and we were starting Maine, it really opened my eyes that uh, there was a lot of degradation in our world. There was a lot of uh, human interaction that was on the negative side when it comes to our ecosystems. And, you know, my studies, I got a degree in environmental science, and all my studies were, were, were based upon kind of uh, the decline of, of mangrove ecosystems. So I've, I've or not mangrove ecosystems, I'm sorry, uh, the decline of ecosystems in general, mm-hmm. uh, mangroves, being, mangroves being one of those, right? So when we really started looking at the hot topics and this and that, we, my brother, who's got a degree in horticulture, it, it just kind of made sense to, to look at mangroves as a solution to one, climate change, um, and then also um, a, inclu- a, to incorporate better fisheries for Florida and uh, ecosystems around the world. So to kind of dial back to like who Mang is and who we are, um, we're at this essence. We're a high-performance fishing apparel brand. Um, we love to fish. We love the outdoors. Um, we connect with those those really uh, hardcore outdoorsmen uh, here in Florida. But we are starting to kind of innovate and start to direct our marketing towards people uh, around the United States. So uh, looking at bringing in more casual gear, bringing in more stuff, so more people can represent our brand and be a part of our mission. 
uh, to restore coastal ecosystems around the world. Well, that's really interesting. You brought up your brother as well. Um, he's also your business partner. So if you want to talk about that, um, that sort of relationship and how that took off, okay, like let's create a company together. I mean, it, it all kind of goes back to uh, brainstorming. Um, I've always been, and I always love to, uh, to, to talk, um, to, to, to talk through ideas, to, to really explore opportunity. And when we, when I began, when I began exploring opportunities with, with friends in college about this, uh, brand that plants mangroves and, and, you know, is all rooted and themed around mangroves. Uh, I couldn't think of a better business partner kind of, to kind of run alongside of me than my brother, Keith. Uh, so, we're twins. We're identical. We're right. He's lefty. He's lefty and I'm a righty. So uh, he's we, we kind of are yin and yang when it comes to uh, we take care of what the other one doesn't want to do necessarily. So he's really deep into the graphic design, our marketing, uh, you know, Facebook, Google ads, all that stuff. Uh, so he really is the fine tuning machine that that runs a lot of that online side of the business. Mm-hmm. And and the the last five years, my side of the business has been more t- geared towards uh, retail and events. And Keith was helping me with events for about four years. And then last fall, we said, you know what? The online platform is really something we need to continue to elevate and put a lot more time and energy into. So he began to kind of step back, really put his sink his sink his brain into uh, to elevating that side of the business. And and it's mm-hmm. it's been it's been uh, rewarding us uh, for more time and effort. Uh, so when it all came down to it, you know, when I asked Keith to join the business, uh, he knew he was really big into plants at the time. He was growing his own vegetable gardens. He was doing all this uh, horticulture stuff. We were planting these massive bamboo trees in our backyard and playing around with plants. And I said, <laughs> you want to start growing mangroves? And he didn't He didn't take a second. I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of just started diving into it, doing our own science experiments testing different salinities, understanding mangrove ecosystems, understanding the drivers that mangroves need, um, particularly playing with red red mangroves, uh, which are uh, the iconic uh, mangrove known for their prop and drop roots where like the, you know, fish can grow up and barnacles can grow on and and, uh, provide most of that really near shore habitat that is really in direct correlation with um, our oceans. And um, kind of just dove into it. when I was doing my research and, and uh, I didn't go for a master's, which I, which would have been cool to do, but I decided to kind of skip the master's and just go straight into business. Um, I was uh, beginning to read a lot of peer-reviewed articles, um, understanding mangrove ecosystems, the uh, de- the decline, uh, what are the, the four main causes uh, that were recognized by humans, uh, just so happen to be coastal development. When you look at Florida, mm-hmm. we are one big metropolis that just loves our, our ocean views and uninterrupted, um, right. you know, so we, we, we tend to have, when you, when you go through Miami Dade all the way up through Palm beach, a lot of those areas are, are iconically just, uh, you know, concrete shorelines and, you know, it's, it's not helpful to our, to our ecosystems to, to, uh, lose that biodiversity over the years. So, we started to recognize that as a kind of a big pulse was like, okay, right in our backyard, we have an issue. Um, and mm-hmm. then when you bring Florida on, on a larger scale, it's really its own ecosystem in itself. Take humans out in Florida's like would have, would have been the most pristine environmental ecosystem in the whole world. There's not one like it. There just really isn't the river mm-hmm. graphs fed more nutrients to more fish birds 
populations, feeding fresh water to mix with salt all the way through, um, down through the 10,000 islands of the Florida Bay, like no other ecosystem can provide life to anything. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you could even compare it to the Amazon forest. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's really one of those neat places because, um, uh, once you start to dial in who, it, what is Florida and who it is, um, it really is a pivotal point for nature to, uh, nature survival. Most of that nature interacts with our estuary and ecosystems. So 70% of our juvenile fish grow up in the estuaries and use those resources as, as, as one for habitat, for shelter, to hide from larger predators. So bait fish, you know, small, uh, you know, snip fry and, and uh, sheep's head. And then, well, when you, when you see so a fish right on those, right on those roots as you got barnacles and oysters, which help to filter and clean water. Um, so, and then you also have the canopies, which provide rookeries for, you know, um, you know, let's say a couple hundred species of different types of birds utilize mangroves as a resource, um, for either rookeries or to land on to hunt for fish or, or, or whatever. And then when you break it down even further, you, uh, you, you dive into what does the mangrove actually do as a wetland that interacts with the ocean, um, and they're actually considered swamps when you really get into scientific terms because they're inundated mm-hmm. by water more than 12 hours in a day. So wow. um, the detritus, which is uh, the leaves that drop off the, the drop into the water, is actually the, the pivotal turning point for the food web. So it's really it starts at a bacterial level when you think of anything. Everything starts small and goes big. Sure. And that's how the food chain always operates, right? So you start at a bacterial level, you grow bigger, you get little zooplankton, phytoplankton that come from there, and then, you know, little minnows eat on those zoo and phytoplankton. So you, you start to kickstart until you get up to sharks, you know, and, and those larger apex predators. Mm-hmm. So when you really dive into how essential mangroves are for the health of your fisheries right directly in your backyard, um, they're, they're, it's quantifiable. Um, you can put numbers to it. You can, uh, it's not a theory. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's scientific fact. Um, so it's, it's been kind of like a, a cool thing to dive into. And then, you know, as we're doing research, we're starting to understand that they're one of the number one carbon sequestration tree in the world. Um, they've been termed and, and deemed, uh, one of the best climate change trees in the world because wow. of all that ability to sequester carbon into the environment. Mm-hmm. And then that carbon then also feeds back into the food web in a way that it kickstarts extra life. Carbon is the base of all life, right? So there's, it's a whole beautiful, magical story when you really want to get into mangrove ecosystems. Mm-hmm. It's just that we just have such challenges when we have to deal with greed and money and the power of, uh, um, you know, of billionaires course. basically running our world mm-hmm. um, in a way that, that isn't necessarily for the world. It's uh, it's more for personal growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always been one of our things, you know, what, you know, I, I love capitalism and, and the fact that you can do, and you can move your own way and you can, you can, you can pave your own path and you can, and you can make that profitable. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I want to make sure is the generation that comes from millennials, the next billionaires, the next people that are, that are running our world as those old ones pass along, that we are doing good for the earth that we are doing good for the future of uh, our, our society, of future for our people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Definitely. you know, making sure that the next generation has opportunity to, one, hopefully fish as 
you know, fish the way Keith and I got to fish when we were growing up and still continue to fish, you know, and access mm-hmm. as resources for um, the outdoorsmen and uh, people that love to, to even just go bird watch sightsee, um, see, you know, massive bait balls run through the estuary. Um, you know, um, you know, there's just something about nature that connects us all. And uh, I think everyone should always should have an opportunity to enjoy that, whether you live in New York and you want to come visit Florida. Right. Um, we should all have a taste of that um, just so we can see it and enjoy it mm-hmm. um, and not so be fixated on, um, I guess, money in a way. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, and I think, you know, with the mangroves, so that's what was so interesting to me is that I'm not from Florida. I, I've heard of mangroves. I have an idea of what they are, but I didn't know any of that. Like everything you just said, like I had no idea how critical they were to the environment, to climate change. So do you, down in Florida, is that still something that you think people need to be more educated on? Uh, Florida is an absolute mosh posh of so many different cultures and so many different types of people um, that utilize our backyard as, as a playground. And so, you know, I know, for instance, a lot of people from, from New York come to Florida, a lot of people from New Jersey, you know, most of that eastern seaboard um, comes down to Florida for the winter. And they really don't understand our ecosystem. Um, mm-hmm. They really just don't give a crap. They don't understand. They, they, they aren't, it's not cherished the same way. So they come down here and they buy a million dollar house, not understanding that the mangroves that are in their backyard are one, a great seawall for starters. And two, can't necessarily, they can't be chopped out because they're federally protected. Um, so we deal with that kind of stuff all the time. But if you have enough capital and enough money and enough whatever, um, you can fight your way um, through, um, you know, removing those mangroves. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're almost a haphazardly protected species because there still are loopholes around uh, people being able to build large hotels and, and, uh, you know, real estate, um, capitalizing on the beauty of Florida. I mean, that's, that at its essence, that's what it is. Right. Um, it's just, they're, they're not as, you know, when people from the North come down here, they, the things I hear the most is, Oh, those, those breed mosquitoes and those breed nosiums, those breed this and that. And I'm like, I can't even respond back. <laughs> so, um, you know, so it's, you know, if, if you come down to Florida, it's a swamp, you know, it, it just, that's what it was and always is. So, you don't like bugs <laughs> yeah, right. well but, i think yeah but at, its, but at its essence it it's more about appreciating the nature around us than complaining about um you know something that's kind of out of our reach to to kind of destroy right yeah i mean i think awareness in general is such an important concept to keep in mind for any individual um you know just being aware of your the habitats around you your back like literally just what's in your backyard Um, and how to properly maintain it and, you know, know what's good for the environment and what's not. Um, it really all starts there. It really does. Um, education is one of those pinnacle things that I think, um, not even Florida's got issues with, but the United States has issues with, um, we really don't educate, um, the next generation in a way that needs to be, um, fulfilled. Um, you know, I grew up in Florida my whole life. But, you know, talk of our backyard and our, our own ecosystem was was not necessarily the first topic. 
you know, we're learning about Africa and South America and all these cool places. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. we still don't have a a greater understanding of where we live and how unique, like our own, our own backyard is. And I think if people had a little bit more of that, I think it would do the world a lot, lot more good. So one of the things that Meng took up when we first started, um, was education. So it's really important. Um, that's one of my passions was I, I wanted to give free information out to kids and schools and I'll offer that at our volunteer events to, to tune kids in to the importance of mangrove ecosystems. You know, I can't teach a whole science lesson on estuarine ecosystems in, in an hour, but I can tell you some snippets about why mangroves are important, why mang plants mangroves, and why it's so important for us to keep moving the ball forward when it comes to mangrove restoration and uh, understanding our habitats. Sure. Yeah. Education is so important. And with Mang, so um, if you want to explain the process of you have your merchandise on your website and then your slogan is buy one plant one. So what's the process like of when somebody purchases an item from your shop and where the profits go? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, When we were building the business, that was one of the questions. Do we make this a for-profit or a non-profit? You know, a lot of times when you do good for the environment or you have a cause or like a mission, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people go the non-profit route. And um, we we kind of stuck to our guns um, kind of based off of the Tom's model, to be honest. Um, so <laughs> Tom's one for one, buy a pair of shoes, give a pair away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to show our customers a physical thing that we were doing for something. Um, whether that's helping people, the environment or whatever, I think that's the best thing about social entrepreneurism. You can pick so many different fields because there's so many good things that can be done. Totally. Um, but, but mangroves was that real, that real, that real thing that drove home to us being, um, Floridians and fishermen. Um, so we stuck to that and then buy one, plant one was just born by shirt, by hat, by a sticker. We're going to plant a mangrove for you. So it was just our, uh, mission statement to you to say, if you buy this product, we're going to fulfill um, a mangrove in your name, and then we're going to send you the a certificate with the latitude and longitude of where your mangrove's at. So maybe one day you can go say what's up to your mangrove, you know? That's awesome. So, um, so that was just kind of the base principle. We we did start with one hat, selling to a local fishing club and at FGCU, and then um, kind of just been growing and, and uh, learning a lot about business, just jumping into things. With, a, with an open mind and, and willingness to learn. And I think that's really what's made Maine um, successful today is just, you know, just keeping your mind open to new opportunities and then, you know, trying to pivot, you know, um, the world um, the best you can. So mm-hmm. Sure. I love that you guys do that with the mangroves where you can see, you know, where you put your dollars to. We had a company on a couple of weeks ago that did the very same thing where they give the consumer a way to, follow along with, you know, the purchases they made and see who they're helping. So that's, and that's so important because it's a great way to get people involved. It's a great way to connect with your, your customer. Um, I think the the biggest thing is we're all so busy in life Mm -hmm. and, you know, everyone wants to be able to give back to things, but they don't necessarily have the time. So when they see someone that has a mission, something that they're trying to fulfill in their life, and they want to support that, that gives them a little bit of like, oh, I just planned a mangrove. That's awesome. I helped those two guys go 
you know, fulfill their mission to restore coastal ecosystems. I feel good about that. I think everyone should feel good about the purchases they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, that kind of just drives, I know one of the topics was sustainability. Um, and that's totally on our radar right now. Um, this year we initiated compo- fully compostable bags um, into our uh, our fulfillment centers. And then uh, we we've, we're migrating into some, some uh, hemp-based products and organic cotton products and trying to get away from um, plastic. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the biggest things, the apparel industry is totally, totally, totally an evil giant because <laughs> we consume and use and just manufacture so much plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the shirts that are our mainstay and what started the company today are, are 100% polyester. It's one of the best mater- It's one of the best materials out there that has allowed us to excel a product down here in Florida when it's hot, it's muggy. Mm-hmm. You need breathable shirts that protect you from the sun. And that's just like, that's just a fact. You mm-hmm. know, we get cooked down here like no other. And, you know, your skin, your skin gets, hurt. your skin gets damaged <laughs> and skin cancer is a pretty serious thing. So oh, yeah. um, it's important that people stay protected and, and, um, you know, when they're out in the outdoors and, they can look cool and feel cool while they're doing that. So. Exactly. Well, that's amazing that you're doing that because sustainability, I feel like sometimes when people hear it, they think it's this big radical change. But in actuality, it's all about like tiny little changes, you know, that really make up this bigger picture and could do a lot of good. Yeah, exactly. 100%. I, I, I agree there. And, and especially with a young company, you know, if I was, you know, Patagonia or one of the, I mean, one of my idols, you know, Patagonia is a mm-hmm. great, um, socially responsible, very transparent, um, company on the market. And, you know, they have the big bucks to make those pivots very fast, um, you know, within a year or two time scale. But when you look at small businesses, you know, they're very limited to, um, they're very limited to the infrastructure that they're working around. So you do have to make those small incremental changes over time as you build into your infrastructure, um, and hope that you do have some followers. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is I want people to follow what Manning's doing and us to be kind of a catalyst for those younger businesses out there to say, you know what, we all can, we all can make do and take our part um, mm-hmm. and do our part, I should say, um, and making the world one, a cleaner place, a safer place. And being in Florida, if plastic goes in the, when plastic goes in the ocean, it goes directly into our food web. It, it, it yep. destroys things. It kills sea turtles. It, it, you know, it, it gets into our fish. It gets into, you know, all kinds of stuff. And those microplastics are going to be around, you know, longer Forever. than me. Yeah. For sure. You <laughs> For know, they'll be around longer time. than me. And, and, you know, that's a sad thing. So um, one of the things we're, we're, we're definitely, um, we're paving a path for is, is looking at what's out there that can, that can change that model. Um, and, I, and when you start to look into the world of sustainability and earth safe stuff or uh, green eco stuff you need to be careful because there is a little bit of greenwashing out there so mm-hmm. you really need to understand what what biodegradable means and you really need to understand what compostable means and you really need to understand what the life what what the what is the lifespan of the product that you're buying um so that's really important that when we do move sustainable that we're not just doing a, like a, a, we're not just putting a band-aid on something mm-hmm. and making it and calling it green um you know so it's like a great example not to throw yeah, uh, a I'm not even, even going to name a name of the, the restaurant, but I go into one of my favorite, one of my favorite fast food chains. Mm-hmm. I walk in there, they've got a paper straw, they've got a plastic lid, and a styrofoam cup. 
<laughs> and I just want to throw that thing across the counter <laughs> and yeah. slam it and say, keep the plastic straw because this is not the way to do it. But <laughs> it's it's a step in the right direction, I understand, which I'm, sure. I'm, I know, but it's just, it is frustrating when you're like, okay, man, we are, humans are so smart. <laughs> There's totally a way around this and this totally should not be acceptable. And that fact that a straw is the first thing, because I guess it's the easiest thing to make, mm -hmm. uh, is the first thing that turns in. And paper, I don't think paper is a solution by any means. You know, cutting down more trees or using wood pulp is not the answer. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but still, I, I guess it's a step in the right direction. But I think we need to think about those sustainable decisions really pragmatically and how that turns out over, you know, a 10, 20, 30-year-old scale instead of just trying to make some profit or something. <laughs> right. Well, so. yeah. So I'm curious. I mean, what are your plans for the future? You know, you talked about sustainability. Uh, you talked about your online presence. Um, do you have any sort of goals or, you know, things you want to achieve in the coming, next coming months, next year? Yeah. Yeah. We're we're on a path right now. Um, our goal is to to reach a million mangroves by end of 2021. Uh, that's, that's kind of our, that, that's probably one of our, our main fundamental goals. That's, that's mm -hmm. one of our campaign goals right now. And, uh, we're doing a couple different things, uh, an effort to get there, um, and to, uh, to kind of just raise some brand awareness. So we've got a campaign called planting hope and, uh, release it. We released a shirt that actually plants, uh, seven mangroves for every product that we sell. And, uh, that planting hope campaign is, uh, really a direct kind of call to action for, um, uh, what social activism we call mm -hmm. it, and uh, basically for every follower that we gain on our social media pages, for every uh, reshare and post uh, to uh, your own personal social media page, uh, we're going to plant a mango for you. So uh, we've been doing that for two, what, a month now, a little less than a month, and we're, we've got about seven, eight thousand um, extra mangroves planted on top of what we do in gear. So we're moving things, um, you know, so it's, it's not, you know, it's not taking off like wildfire, but that's okay. We're, we're, we do things at kind of a, a patient pace here and, mm -hmm. uh, do it kind of in a way that's, uh, we don't want to push people into, um, to something that they don't want to do. So, right. uh, but that's been one of the cooler campaigns that we've done, uh, planting hope. And then, um, that's going to be around for, for some time now. And then as far as sustainability goes, uh, just looking at how we can, uh, get rid of all single use plastic used within our, our manufacturing by, by end of 2020. So we've awesome. done that. That's great we've to done hear. One thing with the composable bags. Um, but what we have to do is we actually have to go up the food chain a little bit. And when we go look at our apparel, um, some of our apparel manufacturers, um, and people that send us goods, we have to actually ask them to wrap it in something different, uh, other than plastic. So, it's really uh, it's challenging because obviously there's extra cost when it comes to that. So mm -hmm. uh, looking at different ways to uh, not necessarily uh, increase our gross profit margin on our goods while being sustainable um, is a difficult challenge without increasing the price of your goods. So uh, we're, we're, we're battling that right now. We're trying to figure out what's the best uh, recipe. Sure. Yeah, well, I think it's really awesome what you guys are doing. And, you know, I'm going to link your social media pages and your website all in the episode description for this episode so that people can go check it out and hopefully, you know, check out your gear and buy some stuff. 
Um, but sure. before we go, I'm really curious, you know, since we're handling it, um, we conclude by asking for a piece of advice or a life lesson that you've learned that's helped you, you know, handle any situation you're in. So with creating your own company with your brother, um, being the CEO, what's the piece of advice, a lesson you've learned along the way that's really helped you handle it? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I really do believe in the philosophy that if you are dedicated to something, you can achieve success. Um, I believe that anyone can brand themselves with something as long as it's like not outside of like the realm of things. So mm -hmm. two things that I think you need to achieve that success is hard work and patience. Um, everyone is on a get rich quick scheme like every other week. <laughs> and I think that's just the problem with people that run life like that. They're never going to be fully satisfied. Um, so patience and hard work, yeah, you know, put your nose to the grindstone research, um, and then acquire mentors. That would be one more thing I'd add there. Mm -hmm. Acquire people that have had experience, um, that know things that you'll never be able to learn in 10 years. Right. Um, and that is really how you accelerate um, into into the next into into new opportunity. Yeah, I think it's always really important to acknowledge that you you do need help every now and then. You know, whether it's you know someone to help you get you through a situation or just you know someone's knowledge and expertise, uh, it's definitely always something you're going to need throughout life. Sure, and I've, I've I've had I've got a couple mentors that I keep real close and. A couple of them had mentors growing up when they grew their businesses, and a couple didn't. Mm -hmm. They were the hard-headed, you know, I can do it myself. I know everything. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to pave it my way. I know best. Mm -hmm. And you know what those people say is, I wish I had a mentor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, I think, uh, one more thing I'll throw in there because that's yeah. such a broad question. <laughs> uh, always be willing to learn. Sure. I think if you quit, if you quit the, if you, if you get so stubborn and you think you're so right and you're not willing to listen to someone else and their opinion and what they think and how they view things, then I think that sets you up for failure and that sets you up for failure within your own employee structure and, mm -hmm. and beyond that. Um, so always be willing to learn. Definitely. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad people got to hear your story and I really hope they check you out. Um, I, I think you guys are just doing amazing, amazing work. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Kyle. I think Kyle and his brother Keith are doing incredible work at Mang, and I can't wait to see where all the company goes moving forward and how many mangroves they will continue to plant. So thanks, Kyle, so much again for coming on, and thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let me know what you thought of the episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.